0: Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, guys, welcome, welcome to Paradox. This is Josh and Jimmy.
1: Mmm. Oh, I like how change we changed it there
0: too. How we uh we really joined together and we did the intro together in
1: a spirit of love and harmony, holding hands. All over the world.
0: Children singing.
1: <laughs> We're we going to have to, yes. Oh,
0: Lord. All the children of the world. It's Christmas. That's when we think about Steve Martin doing that. Like I don't know. Saturday I think Night we Live. randomly mentioned that sketch quite a bit. We do. And if you haven't, you got to go back and you got to see it.
1: Forget about the kids. Logistically, that ain't happening. It
0: ain't happening. So we'll start with the money.
1: All consuming power.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. One of the best. So we always talk about, with your children you got to choose your battles. You can't fight all the battles with your kids, so you got to choose your battles. Today, we're going to talk about how we've got to choose our battles with our spouses as well. Speaking of battles with spouses, and I've mentioned these stats before, but the greatest learning is repetition, so I'm going to mention them again. John Gottman, marriage clinic in Seattle. He says, and, and it goes everything that comes out of his mouth, is research-based, whether it's hello, where's the bathroom, it's all research-based.
1: You remember the most famous person I talked to at a urinal?
0: Well, you could Speaking have talked the to the Apostle Paul at a urinal. I went to Apostle In Paul's... Philippi. Philippi. It was
1: Philippi, Philippi and Thessaloniki.
0: That's it, Thessaloniki. I went
1: to the uh, urinals and Paul's prison that the Holy Spirit came down, Amen. Amen. And open up the. I hope that's Philippi. That was in Philippians. Right? Yeah, the Philippians. Yeah, he's jailer. broken out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I went to the Philippi, and yes, I sat with Paul. So some people have no.
0: have walked where Jesus walked. I you pooped. sat where where Paul pooped.
1: Most famous person I met in a bathroom. Go. You just mentioned bathrooms. This has nothing to do with Carl what we're Sagan. About. Incorrect. Chuck Swindoll.
0: You mentioned that to me because you worked for Chuck. E. I worked for his radio
1: ministry, so I'd see him some come in and out of the office, but I never actually met him. And I walked up, and I'm a urinal talker. Are you a urinal talker?
0: Oh, no. Yeah. No, if no, I know the no, person, no, it's more no. awkward
1: to not say anything. If
0: Jesus was standing next to me at the urinal. shake his hand. Mm. <laughs> I'm a urinal talker, you, so I you said. You face straight ahead and you don't talk. <laughs> I said,
1: Mr. Swindoll, how are you doing today? Put her there, pal.
0: <laughs> you didn't turn to him because that can get messy. When we're talking about battles with our spouses, Gottman says, and again, based on his for decades or whatever of research, that 70% of long-term marriages, and that's 40 plus years, 70% of long-term marriages have irreconcilable differences. And we think of irreconcilable differences as this just horrible thing. Again, we put those on divorce decrees, that we have irreconcilable differences differences. And yet he says the vast majority of long-term successful marriages, any way you want to count it, 70% of them have these irreconcilable differences. So we should not freak our freak when we have them. He also said that 70% of all marital conflict is irreconcilable. 70% of all marital conflict is unresolvable because that conflict is about personality. And and someone's just hardwired personality, we can amend a little bit, absolutely. But for the most part, our personality is going to stay the same. Or it's about your mother or some other unchangeable aspect of your relationship or life. Therefore, if 70% of, of all conflict is not resolvable and most successful marriages have irreconcilable differences... We've got to look at marital conflict differently. Yes. And do you like how I've contributed? Yes. Yeah, I have noticed that. Uh huh. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, Josh, take it away. <laughs> Here's Josh Myers with his three buckets to take us to the top of the hour on so- KPSM New Song Radio.
1: So we're talking choosing our marital battles today because of Jimbo's intro Mm -hmm. that illustrated the importance of this discussion. Mm -hmm. We're going to have battles. We're going to have irreconcilable differences. What conflicts fit into something that is... They can't all be the same. ...reconcilable or irreconcilable, or how do we think about this? How do we deal with it? And so that's why we're talking about choosing our battles today, because if we don't lose or learn to choose our battles... Then for some people in their personality, right? Like even small things can be like a 10 out of 10 and just blow up about anything. If we don't or learn to choose our battles, then potentially, listen up men, you choose no battle. And it's just yeah, like exactly. happy wife, happy life. And so you're never, you're actually never meant, everything's a zero out of 10. And ultimately, right? So if everything's like, I can't believe you, you hurt me so bad, or no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Ultimately, there's really no community or intimacy. There's no mm-hmm. connection. There's no real relationship. Mm-hmm. Systems, marriages, they have to be perturbed. So there has to be conflict. And we've got to learn to not minimize it or not blow it up but treated exactly how it needs to be treated.
0: But that means we need to have some parameters on how to look at conflict. They can't all be tens. They can't all be zeros. So how do we know which conflicts we invest in? We draw a line in the sand. Which beaches do we storm? And which ones do we not?
1: I thought you were going to say, which beaches do we disagree with?
0: Oh, I can't even believe. See, my mind is so pure. I did not even connect beaches with a negative. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I didn't because that's not that's just not you my gave brain, a, a
1: Normandy reference. That's pretty negative.
0: But it ain't as bad as beaches.
1: <laughs> when we're trying to learn how to choose marital battles, It's helpful to have three, to think in three different buckets. The first bucket is personal preference, the second is infractions, and the third are just flat out deal breakers. We're going to weight each of those buckets because I know there's some of you guys out there that treat some personal preferences as deal breakers. Mm -hmm. And I also know that there are some people out there that treat deal breakers like personal preferences. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to be able to figure out what of your spouse's issues or things there, where do these things fit in what bucket? Personal preferences can be defined by things that your spouse does that minimally, if at all impact your life.
0: And they are not moral, ethical things.
1: Correct. Because by their very nature, those would potentially be in higher buckets. Mm -hmm. An example, my wife having to repeat things 15 times. It is annoying Mm -hmm. and it does require more breath for her it requires mm-hmm. her to stop for 15 extra seconds
0: 15 different times and repeat something. Mm-hmm.
1: But it, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't necessarily impact her all that much.
0: Now, I want you to take just what you're saying, and I want you to replace Katie having to repeat things because you don't remember, and me chewing ice, and your mother... You want me to say this? Yeah, go ahead. Now, now plug that in. I can and, say it, but you can't. to say then it the same. In, yes, in that's why I'm asking you to do it. So... <laughs> here's something like chewing ice which i mean what what say i think saint francis of assisi chewed his ice but there would be an example of a personal preference yes leaving shoes on the floor like not making a bed
1: yes like you can so personal preferences are things defined that they either not at all or minimally impact your life so how do we then handle it as a spouse you mention it to your husband or wife. Hey, oh, babe, yeah! Mm-hmm. stop chewing ice. Yes. Or, hey, I'd I, love to turn it. your brain on and actually listen when I'm talking to you. Hey, I'd love for you to pick up your shoes. Mention personal preferences. But there comes a point where it's you that have the internal issue. It's you that have to just get over it.
0: Just saying, I want to make sure that's working. Hold Okay. Now, what was that again about chewing ice? You got to get over it. Okay. All right. Well, you are the doctor, so I'm not going to
1: use this example before, and I'll use it again because it perfectly applies with personal preferences. Kathleen, my mother in law, she early on in their marriage left lights on. And Jack, my father in law, passive aggressively would go into every room of the house. (laughs) Penny pincher. Calling out, Kathleen, Kathleen. I'm sure you're in here. The lights are on. (laughs) As a way to bring about this conversation. Uh, (laughs) To this day, uh, I haven't necessarily asked him this, but to this day, potentially, she still lives or leaves lights on. But I know that he's not doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I know he's not mentioning it anymore. At the end of the day, Kathleen is not using this example. Again, she might turn every Mm -hmm. light off. But Kathleen's not going to turn lights off. So to not have just a stagnant marriage where their marriage can't move past this particular issue, Jack's just stopped mentioning it. Mm -hmm. And if he sees the light on, he goes and he turns it off. So personal preferences are things that minimally, if at all, impact you that you absolutely can mention to your spouse. That irritate you. But if you keep mentioning and they keep doing it, then you need to get over it. Because our our marriages can just then stay put and never move past these small, minuscule things. What what are
0: our options here to say, okay, you have got to stop doing that, start doing this, this way, and if you don't, I'm going to be perpetually upset at you.
1: And bring Uh, up arguments. So
0: you have got to change to my every want and desire, and if you don't, I'm going to be perpetually upset. That is a recipe. If someone changing, and again, we're not talking infractions or deal breakers, not talking about those. But if they won't change just to suit your personal preference, then you're going to be in a constant state of being upset. You're in big trouble.
1: And it would be, if if you keep mentioning your spouse is not changing, it's easy to blame them. Well, if they would just know you're to blame because you're not getting over it. You've got to get over it. Because
0: it's just your personal preference. Your spouse's personal preferences. One way that you can judge this, whether it's something that they do or or any type of disagreement that you're having about something, and again, we're not talking an infraction or we're a We're talking breaker. things
1: that minimally, if yes. at all, impact your life.
0: If you can't agree to disagree, then there's something wrong. If it's a personal preference, it's not, one of the other two buckets. If you can't look at each other and say, okay, we just look at this differently, we're going to have to agree to disagree. If one of you can't do that, and if one of you can't do that on a lot of different things— then you've probably, either you or your spouse is dealing with an anxiety issue, that your brain is blowing something out of proportion and you just can't let it go. But that's, that can be a really nice little litmus test if you cannot say we agree to disagree. I was just talking to a couple today, and when I said, are you able to just agree to disagree, and they both just started laughing. <laughs> and it, No, <laughs> no, we cannot. There's a problem there. Because again, we're not talking about buckets two or three. These are just personal preferences.
1: So that's personal preferences. The second butt. Is... <laughs> okay,
0: what what is what's in the second butt, Josh? Go ahead and share. We don't have what time for this. What fills the butt? Uh, the number the number two. Well, is it number two that fills the butt?
1: Oh my gosh, this is digressing way too quickly.
0: It really is. We should be back on beaches. This is why I fin people, Josh. This is why. second
1: bucket is actual infractions. Mm-hmm. We can define infractions by things that do impact your life in a potentially small, but most of the time, medium to large sized way. So shoes on the ground, again, personal preferences, those are things you can just step over. They don't even impact your life at all. But infractions are things that gambling away your paycheck impact your life mm-hmm. either in medium or large size way. The example that I used in giving this talk at, at church was let's say your your spouse and obviously he doesn't wake up doing this, but wakes up. This happens over time, but wakes up and just doesn't want to talk to your parents anymore. Well, that's going to impact you. It's going to impact holidays for the future. It's going to impact relationships day-to-day as well. And so that will absolutely impact you as a person. For infractions, things that your spouse does that hurts you, that impacts your life, you go back to your personal preference and how you dealt with that. You mention it, and hopefully your spouse falls on his or her knees and goes, oh my gosh, thank you for being God's instrument of correction in my life. I will now change and do better. But most likely (laughs) won't do that.
0: Third party intervention.
1: So, in fractions, you have to go get third party intervention, whether that is a counselor, whether it's a pastor, whether it's an older mentor couple. When it reaches the level of something that medium or in a large way impacts y'all as a couple, and you've mentioned it and he hasn't changed,
0: then you have to go get some intervention. Now, I can see somebody now thinking, well, him not making the bed. That really impacts me internally, exactly. We're not talking about how much something emotionally upsets you because, again, that's on you. That's on you. We're talking about no, 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 no. Again, he's on com and he's spending food. We money, don't have food for growth, yeah. Uh, you know, something that actually really does impact externally you, your family. Uh, your relationship.
1: And so you mention it. If he doesn't change, then you go get some
0: outside help. And insist on it because it ain't getting better on its own. But
1: here's the last step on infractions. And hear me when I say this. This might sound crazy.
0: Okay. You talk to
1: him. He doesn't change. You talk to her. She hadn't changed. You go to the counselor. Doesn't change. With this second bucket, the last step is you have to get over it.
0: That's cray cray.
1: It seems crazy. But what's the alternative? I mean, if your your spouse isn't talking to your parents, you don't run off and get divorced to have your marriage head in a good and positive direction, you have to be the change. You have to change internally how you see this, and you pray for them, and you talk to them, and try to get them to stop gambling, and gambling's a whole different it thing. It is. That's almost...
0: I probably shouldn't have used that as an example because...
1: That's a that deal could, breaker at some level. It could be, yeah. But not talking to your parents. Right. There's no biblical grounds for divorce or at that point. That's something that... Okay, okay, I now have to awkwardly go to holidays with my kids without my spouse, but with this second bucket, this infraction, you've sought help, you're praying, and this is something that you have to get over and, and work think towards forgiveness towards your spouse.
0: What's your other alternative? Correct. You it's have to, just, to get over it.
1: It's to just kill your marriage. Mm-hmm. And at that, point, at that point, the infraction isn't large enough to justify to, killing your marriage.
0: To biblically justify Correct. killing your marriage, yeah. And so you have to get over it, mm-hmm.
1: or you just stalemate. Mm-hmm. And that's when you see just bitter couples. Oh, yeah. So personal preference, you mention it and then get over it. Infractions, you mention it you get third party intervention and then you get over it. The third bucket is deal breakers. These are the things where it's harm to self or others, it is addiction, it is affairs. These are things Abuse. where again you start abandonment you start mentioning it, you then go with third party intervention and then if your spouse still isn't changing with this third bucket, at that point I counsel people all the time to therapeutic separation. Mhm. You have to almost take your your spouse's creature comforts away Mm -hmm. for them to finally clue in and get it at that point. And so this third bucket, these huge, these things mightily impact your life, uh,
0: potentially even just physically. They are moral, ethical, legal. These
1: are the things where you mention it, third-party intervention, and then therapeutic separation.
0: Not all battles are the same. We can't treat making a bed like beating your children. Those are two different things. And so if we crank the conflict up to 10 on making a bed, where do you go? So we have to choose our battles with our spouses. If
1: you want more information about this episode, as well as any previous, it's paradoxpodcast.com. You can also find us on our socials there. Uh, we appreciate you guys for
0: listening. I and have
1: to... a Merry Christmas. Yeah.
0: I think this is uh, releasing on Christmas. Is it? Christmas. I was going to end with saying beach. And now, yeah. not not that now so that you mentioned great. Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas, Beaches.
0: Well, I wasn't going to put it in that kind of context. Bye. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers, Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyle's car, go to julielielescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com.